Hi everyone. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to give a heads up that we'll be discussing towards the end of the show a serious and sensitive topic, suicide. If you or someone you know is struggling with this issue, please know that there is help available. Reach out to a mental health professional or a helpline in your area. A full list of hotlines is linked in the show notes. We'll do our best to handle this topic with care and provide helpful insights, but please be mindful of your own well-being while listening. Hi, I'm Larry Gifford, and I have Parkinson's disease. And I'm Rebecca Gifford, Larry's partner in Parkinson's and in life. This is When Life Gives You Parkinson's, the third episode of our 2023 series, all about deep brain stimulation. Larry's DBS surgery is scheduled for October 24th of this year. If you haven't caught the first two episodes in our DBS series, we recommend starting there. You can find pictures and videos on our social media, at Parkinson's Pod, on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Last episode, we introduced you to Dr. Chris Honey, who will be doing my DBS surgery. I was comfortable with Dr. Honey. I know that you had a light in your eyes when you saw when you were hearing his perspective on how your quality of life could be improved and in what way. I'm excited about that as well. So at this point, I'm quite hopeful. How are you feeling about it? I am more confident about it every day, you know, trying to just get as much information as I can. So I'm not surprised by anything, but it will be a surgery where I'm awake, um, which is awesome. Can't wait for that. Well, you just had a colonoscopy, and you were—it's the same thing. I mean, I've no, no, no. I think through both sides of my body. No, but think about this: when you're laying there, you know where they're putting things in a camera. You're such a curious person, and you'll be thinking about what we learned from this. That you'll be kind of fascinated. Uh, You know what? The other thing is that I um, learned. Uh, my research, a lot of my research came from Dr. Honey's website, which is drhoney.org, if you want to learn about DBS, drhoney.org. Even if you have the DBS and they come out with some other treatment for Parkinson's, like stem cell or whatever, you're still eligible. And that's, in my head, I guess, over the last five years or so, I've been kind of like, well, do I wait to see if there's something better that comes along? And now I know it's, you know... It, you don't have to wait because even if you, they can even take the device out if they have to, they can reverse it. Um, and so that's, that was, that actually makes me feel good about it. As we are probably all aware, DBS has its supporters and also its critics. To get a complete picture, we've been talking to people who've had successful outcomes as well as those with less favorable results. We've also been consulting doctors and experts who both praise and criticize DBS. Earlier this year, I had a chat with Kim Cornelis from Portland, Oregon. She was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2010, later had DBS, and eventually had to have it removed. We met at an event hosted by the Parkinson's Resources of Oregon. So so 13 years ago, what made you go to the doctor? Um, uh employee that I worked with I was bouncing his computer up and down just by shaking my leg because we were on a beam and he said I needed to get in and get checked 
<laughs> what did you think was going on? I thought I just had too much coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, w- was it quickly diagnosed? No. Um, I went to my primary doctor, and he said, I think you've got Parkinson's, but I don't know. And so he sent me to a neurologist that he didn't specialize in movement. And so he just did a couple of the tests and said, well, I think you do. So I got the I think you a lot. Yeah, it's, that, that's comforting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So it's like, what do you do? Um, I just went he did a couple more tests and then they said yes you do so then it was going home to tell my family and that was like kind of hard who, who who is in your family i've got a son an only child and then my husband and i didn't know what to expect if they were going to stick around and help me so that was hard and in the beginning it was like for better, for worse, but then it got to a point where he couldn't take it. That's my son is kind of there, but he's he's doesn't really know what to expect. So I need him to be a little more helpful. How old is he? He's he'll be thirty in July, but he's newly married and has a. a baby so so where does that leave you i'm living by myself and i'm just i do get help from my husband once in a while but he's got another person with him so it's been challenging when did you have dbs surgery 2019 and i thought this was going to be a miracle it was, I was expecting the best. And so what was that journey like? How fast did it happen? Um, it took a while because you've got to go through all these tests to make sure you're sane enough to go through it. <laughs> At the, that point, I was going through my situation with my husband. So it was, the nerves were just... It was overwhelming. And so how did that um, trigger your Parkinson's? Made it worse. In what way? Um, I was anxious all the time. I stopped driving because anxiety was just up. I didn't sleep. I was always nervous and irritable. And so I thought anything could help. So... That's why I stuck with the DBS. How'd the surgery go? The surgery went fine. I mean, I recovered from it very well and fast. I mean, I went from shaking to all of a sudden being able to not shake and stand. And I was, it was incredible. And that, that was good for a good um, three months. And then what happened? My incision in my head was not healing. And so I went back in, and he um, looked at it and said, we've got to go back in and make sure there's no infection. Now, that was the first time. 
and then they they re-stitched it up and said okay I think we've got it all and then a year later I had the same thing where it wasn't healing he went in again cleaned it out made sure there was no infection and then I went home and recovered from that and then third year was again it started oozing so they went in they thought that they got it all this time but he took part of the scalp and then just pulled it over so I kind of got a facelift out of it it was kind of <laughs> nice and then um, the fourth time I had an infection my head was pounding and they had to take it, the DBS out then, wait, wait, they had to take the DBS out? yeah they took the DBS completely out and did an ablation where the probes were. So I... What does that mean? They cauterized. And so that way they can't go back and ever put the DBS back in. So it's permanent. And But it did help. Once I got the DBS out, I was able to get my body back to function. And it was... It was like I was walking again. My gait is better. Um, I do take a little bit of different medication, but I feel much better once the DBS was out. So it it helped, but then it just, did it stop working after a while? Yeah. Yeah, it stopped working. And I was fighting the, the device. So it was like a foreign object in my body that did not like it. Right, and so then it was fighting that, so it couldn't fight the Parkinson's. And right. so, yeah, you didn't have enough no. in you. No, I, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> As you think back to DBS, do you regret it? No, I don't regret it. Uh, if I didn't have it, they wouldn't know where to put the ablation. And it worked, but it just wasn't for me. Um, I had an awesome team that was helping me with everything, and they said I was their best patient, and I'm wondering why. (laughs) (laughs) What do you you tell people when they're considering DBS? To look at everything. Make sure that it's for you. I'm not sure how you can do that, but you go through a lot to get it, and I'm thankful for my team that helped me. And the girls that are in my boxing class are treasures. I mean, they're part of my family. Oh, that's great. That's good. It's, it's, uh, the, the family you choose. Right. The family I choose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. We so appreciate you and your vulnerability, Kim. You bravely navigated what was, I'm sure, a tough situation and advocated for yourself and what was right for you and your body. Your story is a crucial reminder that some people must grapple with the difficult decision of DBS device removal. A recently published 2023 study entitled The Mayo Clinic Rochester Experience scrutinized the cases of 1,087 patients undergoing DBS-related procedures. It reported that 5% of the cases precisely 54 patients encountered infections. 39 of these individuals had to undergo the process of having their devices removed. 
In our quest for knowledge, I also had a conversation with a friend of the podcast, Dr. Wayne Marksman. He's founder and CEO of Symbix Biome, an Australian medical tech company working on light therapies and devices for Parkinson's. We've discussed the red light therapy for Parkinson's symptom relief in the past, focusing on the gut, vagus nerve, and brain. In our conversation, Wayne proposed light therapy as a risk-free, non-invasive alternative to the riskier DBS procedure. I asked him to explain. The uh, risks involved with DBS surgery are widely known and certainly not understood by people who are going in for brain surgery. Okay, let's talk about that. I've heard you say the light therapy it may delay your need for or re- replace your need for DBS. Certainly delay. We hope replace. We hope. If you see an ant, right, and, you know, you have something against ants, which, which I don't. I'm using this as an example, right, and you want to kill the ant, right? No disrespect to ant lovers out there, right? I, I love ants. If you want to kill the ant, do you use your finger or do you use a shotgun? You use your finger. Yes. So light therapy is the finger. DBS is the shotgun. If you shoot an ant with a shotgun, you're likely to get some of that ricocheting back into you. And it ain't pretty. Now, there's some very large medical device companies out there aggressively marketing it. DBS, it's a big business. It is a huge business. There are dedicated areas in neurology units in public hospitals around the world, including the US. In California, a large, incredibly reputable public med school hospital is simply about DBS. Well, there's not a whole lot of alternatives up until now. And, no, no, no. And but if, you're doing trials on this, and there's trials going on on stem cell, which which replace the need for DBS. It, I buy that, Larry. I think. Yeah, yeah, let's let's let me moderate my comments. There hasn't been a whole lot of good news or a whole lot of alternatives for people with Parkinson's until now. So now we go yeah. from the yeah. chef's, chef's menu to maybe we have a little buffet here to look at. Yes. So let's just say that's what has driven the take-up of DBS. In addition to a big profit machine behind the DBS, they're very profitable devices. Well, and, and North American markets, especially the U.S., not necessarily Canada, it's profit-driven. Yeah, but it's also the it also seems to be the first port of call in the U.S. market after medication. After medication, way way sooner than anyone would be considered appropriate for DBS, at least in Australia, in my experience. Well, they've changed the theories over the years, where they were it was a last resort thing, and now they want you to get five good years back. So, like, if I'm considering it at my age, I'm 51. Do I want to get back five years? So I was like when I was 46. Or do I want to go for 10 more years, decline, and then get five bad years back? Fair, 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 fair comment. My, my approach is you need to understand what you're getting into. And you need to have a very balanced picture of the surgery. And I've seen wonderful outcomes and I've seen not so wonderful outcomes. And it's invasive brain surgery with a reasonable degree of error and the error isn't pretty and it's not just motor symptoms we've seen 
we have colleagues in uh, one of the the um, state-based Parkinson's organizations in Australia. So this is a, a, a state-based Parkinson's organization run by medical community volunteers. This is not a profit machine. The uh, CEO of this organization, I, w- I won't say her name on, on, on air, um, absolutely advocates against, aggressively advocates against DBS because they have community-based physios, um, uh, therapists, counsellors that deal with the Parkinson's community in that state in Australia. So they're they're on the ground. I mean, they're they're grassroots organisation. They're at the coalface. They deal with people who need rehab. And the DBS patients, I said to her, Oh, what do you think about DBS? She said, not on your life. Not only do we have the motor issues, but suicide infatuation, depression, marriage breakdowns. You're messing with someone's neurology. Now, yes, there are wonderful outcomes with DBS, but there's some horrible outcomes with DBS. And all I'm saying is light therapy is non-invasive. It is safe. It is benign. The worst that will happen is that it doesn't have that wonderful effect on you and you're no worse off than you were before. Why wouldn't you give it a try before you book yourself in for deep brain uh, surgery? How long should you give it to work? Uh, Three months. Okay. Yeah. It's critical to go into any new treatments and surgeries with eyes wide open To be aware of the risks involved in DBS, we've certainly tried to do that. Like any surgery, there's the potential for infection, bleeding, or damage to nearby structures. As for our own process, we appreciate hearing from all sides of the conversation. We believe all of these stories are important for the Parkinson's community to understand, but also they have played a critical role in our own decision-making. Gathering information, listening to different perspectives and opinions, and then discerning for ourselves what's best for Larry and our family. Dr. Honey also emphasized that the surgery might lead to behavioral and personality changes in some individuals. And we have a clip here uh, from the audio diary uh, that we started keeping as we go through this process. There was a moment, and this I didn't expect, nobody had mentioned this before, where he was talking about how sometimes if the leads are in the wrong spot, it can cause um, a change in impulse control. It makes me, if it was me or the, or the person with Parkinson's who gets the treatment, it like makes us feel wild and free and like we're in high school again and we love it. But it also makes us, um, you know, do things that can possibly break up a marriage. It- Inhibitions become lowered. And even Dr. Honey had some experiences that he shared with us about about people coming in with those inhibitions and and quite a big personality shift as a result. And feeling great. Yeah, one guy came in and kissed him on the cheek. (laughs) Um, But it can have the same effect, maybe even more so, that agonists may if you if anybody wants to go back and listen to some of those episodes where you you, your impulse control and your inhibitions change um so you can become hypersexual you can start spending money you can start eating impulsively just losing the ability to to judge 
what is healthy and appropriate. And I didn't, I hadn't heard that before. That was new information. And it was interesting because he was happy there was a care partner there and he directed a question to me and said, I need to know before we move forward that if you see that personality shift and you start to see trouble along those lines, that you feel comfortable saying something. When I ask you that question, will you be honest if I ask you that question in front of Larry? Will you be honest? Do you guys have that kind of relationship and that kind of communication? And needed to hear that reassurance. I thought that was really, uh, that, that, I guess that's the big thing that surprised me too is because it's almost as if I'm not going to do this if there's not somebody in your life that'll do this, that'll be honest. Well, and he's learned that from situations where somebody probably wasn't being honest or didn't feel they could be honest or wasn't feeling safe to be honest or didn't want to admit it to the doctor or whatever the reason and and therefore lost the opportunity maybe to control it through by changing the leads because it really just meant, or at least the way he explained it, it, the leads were in the wrong spot. They were stimulating something that shouldn't be stimulated. And so it was just a matter of, boop, let's just move the leads a millimeter this direction or that direction. And then it that effect goes away. Boop. Friend of the podcast, Rebecca Miller, PhD, shared with us one harrowing moment during her DBS surgery. I am really, really happy that I did it awake because that was essential for me because where they would have put this the um, electrode with based on imaging and based on the doctor's experience would have been terrible for me because when they were doing it in the surgery and they did the testing of, you know, they turn up the stimulation and my side effects were I couldn't talk. In that moment, what, what were you thinking? I was terrified. I was just like, this is my worst, absolute worst nightmare and what's going to happen. And, you know, and like a dark cloud immediately descended, which I'm sure was also related to the stimulation, but it was like, I was like, oh, here we go. You know, this is just a disaster. This is exactly what I feared. I like to talk. (laughs) I do. It's one of my, one of my pastimes. There was a, a moment where the anesthesiologist was like, okay, you know, we're going to, you know, put you back asleep because we're finished up. And then the neurosurgeon says, actually, hold on just a second. We're going to try one more time. Cause I said, I don't feel so good. I really don't feel right. So then they moved the electrode and I said spontaneously, like not even thinking about it. I feel like I got my old body back. That was where they left the electrode. (laughs) And I think the surgeon was like, yes, when I couldn't talk, you know, they, they have you do the finger tapping, the hand thing, the foot, and then count to 10. Couldn't count. Just like, couldn't make it happen. I was like, I could, I could, you know, I knew what I should be doing. I wasn't trying to be difficult. Couldn't move your mouth. Couldn't project. Couldn't do what? Couldn't like initiate. It was like, I was, it was sort of like I was frozen. Yeah. I was just like, Yeah. Yeah. Same, same when I tried to move my arm, like, you know, it's just like the initiation was just not there. Nightmare. (laughs) Like total nightmare. And then I'm like, then I'm, you know, I can see them getting worried and they go off to a little huddle on the side. And I'm like, I know you guys are over there talking about me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm just sitting there with my brain open and like I start singing, you know, shake it off. <laughs> shake it off. Shake, shake it off. Shake it off. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can hear singing it. It's so yeah. great. We saw Becca at WPC in Barcelona and the transformation is amazing. Her dyskinesia is a fraction of what it once was. And when she's on, it's gone. Thank you, Becca, for sharing some of your frightening moments and your moments of doubt with us. The DBS process can offer a lot of hope and renewed health, but it also can bring you to a greater sense of awareness about where you are on your Parkinson's journey. In this next clip from our audio diary, you'll hear there was one moment in talking with Dr. Honey that I'm glad I was there to keep you honest in your answer. He asked if I had... um any thoughts of suicidal ideation and I said no initially and you're like hey hey (laughs) I think I punched you on the shoulder (laughs) no be honest I had revealed to you and to my therapist that I had had some thoughts of suicide but I hadn't taken the step to plan it like and it freaked the crap out of me when I had it which is why I told you because I was like you need to know this is a thought that I had and the way you described it it was kind of like I had this thought for a few seconds and then it just kind of went, no. And then you just kind of internally said no and then moved forward. But, you know, I think it's important that as we pump all these drugs into us and we do all these things that we are sharing that information because that can be a side effect of any number of things. You know, I haven't had them since, but I think it's important to, um, to monitor that. That makes me sad. And it does make me concerned, but I'm very happy that you trusted me with that and that you shared it relatively quickly. Like, hey, let's let's keep tabs on this. I need somebody else to be aware of this too. And that just shows a lot of awareness and um, strength and just a really realistic and healthy way of looking at it. Like, this is part of the process. This is where... Are where so many people go in their darkest moments, even if it's for a few moments or for a few days. And let's let's get in the habit now of sharing that and being really honest and frank about that, and have someone who's trusted, whether it's your partner or someone else that you feel you can share with a, a professional is a great person to to share with, and you did share with your therapist as well. And I'm glad that you called me out on it. Yeah. And I was like... (laughs) But it doesn't make me look good. (laughs) He's heard a lot. And he was evaluating because he's trying to get a sense of your mental health. He's trying to get a sense of what's the nature of the mood changes and anxiety and other things. Pinpoint where that comes from. Is that something that is, is part of the Parkinson's or something else? And... Um, that's healthy for him to want to evaluate that in order to find out whether you're a good candidate or not. For sure. If you have no one to talk to about your suicidal thoughts, call your country's suicide hotline. In Canada, it's 1-833-456-4566. In the U.S., dial 988. In Australia, one three one. And in the UK, dial 0800-689-5652. We will have a link to various nations' suicide hotlines in the show notes as well. In our next episode, 
Nurse Nancy will guide us through the surgery. In the meantime, if you have questions about our DBS journey, please click the link in the show notes to record a message for us or email us at parkinsonspod at curiouscast.ca. When Life Gives You Parkinson's is a Curious Cast production. Our presenting partner is Parkinson Canada, where people with Parkinson's are at the center of everything they do. Parkinson Canada funds critical research, provides information and support, raises awareness, and advocates for improved healthcare outcomes for people with Parkinson's across Canada. Learn more at parkinson.ca. And don't forget about PD Avengers, the global coalition of people living with Parkinson's, their partners and supporters, all working together to put an end to Parkinson's disease. Be sure to check out the most recent Parkinson's news, upcoming events, and a free exercise and wellness portal offering free live and on-demand classes at pdavengers.com. And we would truly appreciate it if you'd give us that four-star review and say something cool in the comment section uh, because, you know, those personal recommendations you give are the most effective way for us to grow the audience and raise awareness of Parkinson's disease. Keep positive. Keep exercising. Keep listening. We'll talk to you next time.